Hello and welcome back to another episode of None of Us Is Yet A Robot, the podcast. Uh, how have you been? It's only been a week. It's a much shorter time than the last break. Um, so I hope you've had a nice time. My name is Emma Franklin and I am a trans woman and I'm an artist. Um, this podcast is uh, usually me talking to other trans people about uh, anything but trans-related issues. But this is a special sort of in-between season. And uh, the reason for it is because I have a book coming out uh, next month on June the 25th. And that is a collection of the last five shows that I made, all of which were related to trans issues and the politics around them. Um, so this is a special series where I speak with different people who were instrumental uh, or influential to those five shows. And today... I'm speaking with Maddie Costa about the piece Doodle. Uh, Maddie is a brilliant writer and journalist, and uh, the reason I wanted to speak with her about Doodle is because actually unlike some of the other conversations, Maddie and I didn't work together on the piece, but Maddie was a participant in it, and we had a conversation based on the back of that that became a number of conversations, that became a lot of conversations that have gone on over the last four or five years. So that was why it felt like um, she'd be the right person to speak to. Um, Doodle was a durational drawing project where I would have conversations with people in a public space. Um... During the conversation, I will warn you, at one point there is a dog bark. <laughs> I'm going to try and drop the sound down, but it did make me jump when I was listening back to it. Uh, so don't be alarmed. There pro probably isn't a dog behind you in the room where you are, although I can't guarantee that. But uh, there was a dog really in the room. Um, also, watch out for me quoting myself again. Uh, I do quote the same thing that I quoted in the last week's podcast as well. Uh, bear in mind that when I recorded these, they were not a week apart, um, but I am rather embarrassed and also slightly dreading the fact that perhaps I quote myself um, every time I speak to anyone. Um, so watch out for that clangor. Anyway, I hope you enjoy the conversation and here is Maddie Costa. here in the Bassey Arts Centre. Um, I'm joined by Maddie Costa. Hey Maddie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Maddie. Um, I, uh, I write about theatre in lots of different ways. I'm sitting on a sofa with my dog Suki, who's a bit damp today and therefore a bit puzzled about <laughs> life because uh, it's her first autumn. Oh. Um, and... Um, yeah, what that's quite, a rude, that's quite a rude awakening, your first order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like I had my first summer this year because I've been living on my boat for two years and I moved in in the winter mm. and then last year the boat sank so I skipped summer and then I went through another winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this year, summer and spring were, re were a real revelation because I hadn't had it before. And so I'm slightly resentful of going back into yeah. the long winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But hopefully it'll, yeah. it'll only last for one time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Can I ask, how do you identify, or how would you respond to that question? Mm, um, yeah, I, I 
do identify as a cis woman, by which I mean I have friends who don't really accept that the cis terminology. So I think about this mm. quite a lot. Um, uh, but I do find it quite helpful to adopt it, actually. Um, I think there's something very murky about the word woman, and I'm going to just dive straight into the hottest possible boiling point water and say that, that I, I think because I've, I've read an essay uh, last week uh, in the book Can, Can We All Be Feminists by a trans woman who on the one hand was really taking issue with Chimamanda saying that, um, that women and trans women have different experiences mm. really taking issue with that really angry with mm. Chimamanda for not just saying we are all women mm. and at the same time saying there are different, there are different experiences of blackness Mm. And uh, uh, your experience of blackness as a person from Dominica is not the same as your experience of blackness as a person from the US. Mm. And I was like, how can you have one and not the other? Well, isn't, isn't the issue there, though, with so that that, that person is saying, well, all of those people are black, but the mm. experience is different if you're black Dominican or you're black yeah, um, yeah. American. Yeah. And in the same way as we're all women and yeah. the experience of a cis woman is of course different from the yeah. experience of a trans yeah, yeah, woman yeah, yeah. but yeah. also different from etc 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 it's not yeah, just yeah. that there's two camps there's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, infinite absolutely. And, the, and the trouble yeah. is when people say trans women and women yeah. what mm -hmm. that is by default yeah. is saying well trans women aren't women because exactly. you're saying there is, like yeah. a, there is a basic woman and then there is other and this is why I, this is why yeah. I say if asked to, how I identify I would say cis woman yeah. because yeah it, it feels like part of and already kind of cis and trans doesn't feel nuanced enough yeah. but it's at least a step towards that nuance totally. um, so um, so yeah so cis woman but use she her pronouns um, never adopted misses uh, on, on becoming married like always just used miss mm -hmm since getting married, uh, which was 12 years ago, so um, really like the blurriness that uh, the, the widening understanding of what the, of, of womanhood yeah. to include trans womanhood uh, brings mm -hmm. to life and to conversation and to language. And yeah. yeah. Cool. I think... Um, I think that it's a really important um, ally action to use cis. Mm. You know, I think it's really. I think I've had this conversation with so many people. I think kind of feel like it's where we where we began as well. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not. I can understand why some cis women will feel like they don't need it because they don't need it. But you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it in solidarity with trans women who do need it to be articulated. And you know, I think it's really, uh, I really appreciate it. I think it's important because, yeah, you you know, you could call yourself a woman. No one's going to argue with that yeah, at yeah, all. Yeah, and that's yeah. the privilege of 
that cis people have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that thing about allyship is really interesting to me, though, because I'm, I'm aware, as you're saying that, that I don't, I don't do it unless asked. So I, mm. like, if you checked my, you know, feel slightly superficial to say, but if you check my Twitter bio, for yeah. instance, I don't have a pronoun she, her on there, mm. um, which I'm aware that other people are doing, and it's partly I'm just lazy. I've only changed that bio once in mm-hmm. six years, so it will take me maybe another two years <laughs> to get around to it. No, it's very easy. I'm just like... Um, uh, but there's also something about... Um, I feel like we're in a place where something performative is required mm. around allyship that I, I feel a bit kind of... Um, I don't know, resistant to? Sounds a bit mm-hmm. um, active. It's not... And as I say, it's more like a, a, an inactive thing. Mm. It's like... I'm, I'm not. I'm not performing it. I know I'm doing it. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that make me an ally? Probably not, actually. Um, I mean, I think it is performative, and it is like a lot of these things that are. They're not necessary to do, but we do them because they ha- might help others. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can feel weird, especially mm. when you're not when you're doing it and, it and it's out of context. But then that's when they, I think that's when they yeah, have the biggest yeah, yeah. impact. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. for you to, to, I mean, for example, for you to at, at some points identify yourself as a cis woman in spaces where you're with other cis women, yeah. and it's not just because there's trans women in the room. That then, you know. Yeah makes a thing like if that then becomes a conversation where someone says well, why did you say that and then you can open it up that's like really active allyship and that's yeah, using yeah. the privilege that you have yeah, yeah. to articulate things that I can't because yeah. it's expected of me or someone's already um, dismissing what I'm going to say because of who I am yeah yeah yeah. you saying that it's reminding me of it's because um, partly remind, remembering because you're sitting in BAC as well but I saw Jess Tom do Not I here mm. and I remember the first sort of Ten minutes of that being sort of not not like this discombobulated exactly like it was it was just I found myself really noticing that she was describing everything mm. um, and she was describing how she looked and she just you know and I was like I can see all that perfectly well why are you do- and, and then I clicked okay it's not about me yeah. actually it's about the and yeah that that thing of like a what are you not seeing yeah. and B, what are you not making space for yeah. and the way in how easy it is for those things to be totally unconscious yeah. you know, that and, and the requirement of consciousness around them. Yeah, um, yeah I feel like that's something that, that I'm quite inactive on at the yeah. moment and, and need to... Um, yeah, need to put a bit more work in. And as, as do we all, you know, and it's, yeah. you know, we, we focus on trans issues because that's what the nature of this conversation is, but I mean, it's, there's, it, it goes beyond that, right, which is yeah. the great thing about intersectionality yeah. is that, you know, there's, for everything that we can receive support on, there's a hundred things that we can be yeah. allies on also, yeah. Yeah. and that idea of decentering a kind of ourselves as a default, whatever we are, yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. it, well, I think it's something that's, that is new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is new. Yeah, and I'm. And this is this, this is exactly what I'm just thinking about. Is that that um, uh, the first? And I really hold 
and I talk about this quite often actually with with cis friends and I've just mentioned it in something I was writing about the TV show Butterfly uh, I really hold the conversations that you and I had in 2014 mm. as kind of a model mm. for, for um, uh, having a, a model for a space where it's possible for, for people to talk about something that's really difficult mm. and um, work something out yeah. together and um, and those conversations and, and those conversations kind of introduced me to a whole bunch of new stuff that I hadn't been mm. thinking about at all um, that was that was four years ago you yeah. know like and in some ways four years is a really long time and in the life of my children who mm. are now nine and eleven you know like that that yeah, I mean, yeah. we're talking about basically half the life of the nine-year-old yeah. it's a massive but actually as a 43 year old it's not yeah, a very yeah. big amount of time and partly what we're talking about is um challenging very deeply ingrained notions of normality mm-hmm. and and neutrality mm-hmm. um that that are reinforced by literally everything in the society around us mm. you know everything in kind of in music in art in in uh, books in theatre like all of it reinforces it and so you're and this is the thing about it being unconscious again as well you're sort of having to make yourself see something that you've never been asked to see before yeah. and also never been shown before mm. and the language isn't there for you to do it we're creating the language all the time mm. and at the same time we're not Mm. But something I'm quite exercised about at the moment is the use of um, the spelling W-O-M-X-N. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exercised about it in that I disagree with it. I think it's brilliant. Um, what what I'm struggling with is the the explanation that's offered mm. for why it's being used. It's it's offered that it's more inclusive of um, trans women uh, more inclusive, it's like it's less white feminism mm-hmm. and and like absolutely it's just that it was also used in second wave and third wave feminism yeah. and I'm like well hang on a minute, can we acknowledge mm. that I'm, you know, I'm saying that this is a four year old conversation for me and that's because I did not pay attention in the mm. 1990s when I hit feminism yeah. and uh, I also did not do my reading mm. about the 70s when mm. I was born um, and that there are ways in which this conversation is not new yeah. I just haven't put the work in it, you know, again yeah, it's yeah, about yeah. constantly like, putting the work in in a society that does not give you the tools to do that yeah. work you have to find them and use them yeah. yourself and also when that because um, I think it's so vital that we don't hate this kind of like pioneer language where uh-huh. everything is the first ever uh-huh. and we're all like we've got to be um, discovering things especially because the pioneers are you know who wants to be a pioneer um, much better to be part of a community yeah. and to yeah, yeah, yeah. like be part of something that is ancient mm-hmm. and but it's the way that there are these moments and this kind of knowledge or this surfacing of conversations but then they go away like mm-hmm. they, they, they get mm-hmm. hidden away and these yeah. are the histories that we're not taught and these are the histories that you know the books um, don't get published which why I'm really yeah. excited that with the technologies that we have now that we can have these conversations and hopefully um, well, at least leave some kind of thing, some kind of traces for people yeah. to um, yeah. 
to look back on when they do look back because it's also it's hard to situate oneself in history isn't it because you always think like well no this is now but actually I guess like I feel quite aware of how what at some point we're going to look back at this period of time and be and go wow that was (laughs) we we went through all of that and that conversation though because that's sort of what we wanted to Mm. um center around um so 2014 was it 2014 yeah yeah um and it was at forest fringe yeah right no no i think you're right <laughs> i think you're absolutely right yeah. because 2015 was rituals of change right, at yeah. forest fringe yeah, yeah um and 2013 i think was or oh, no, maybe 2014 was when, when i'd done the stuff at buzzcut so it was just the summer right. following when i'd done it at buzzcut yes but it uh-huh. was much bigger yeah um and so I was doing Doodle, mm-hmm. and it was the first time I think I'd done Doodle uh, really big, or maybe I'd done it at Trans Pride, but it was like we went from having this thing which would be having a conversation and drawing, and it would be very like, mm-hmm. intimate, one-on-one mm-hmm. on a table mm-hmm. and small, mm-hmm. which was kind of following the format that Buzzcut had for that five seconds, five, five minutes to move me yes, format. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there was something that was really brilliant about those conversations and that I, I like to draw as I talk anyway it's like it helps me think mm-hmm. and so that was kind of a oh well maybe there'll be something in that mm-hmm. but then it was very intimate like no one people were interested but it felt invasive to come over and look at what was being drawn and, and also they were very small so and it was invasive and someone really had to commit to coming and sitting down at the table and there were lots of reasons why that format wasn't quite as open as I think we wanted it to be and so I went and did a, um, I had like a day of instruction with Isolde, um, Foxy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, because Isolde's like day job is doing visual minuting, right? And yeah, it's beautiful yeah. kind of huge, like annotated drawings of, you know, meetings or conferences or whatever. Yeah. And so Isolde gave me some really like solid pro tips on what, what materials to use, yeah, what yeah, pens yeah, to yeah. use. Yeah, yeah how to make it pop and stuff so that was really helpful um, and then yeah I remember like just setting up with my big blank wall in Forest mm-hmm. Fringe and, and the idea being it was going to be big and in the middle of a space so it was much more kind of accessible for people to come and talk yeah. but still the format being that it's me drawing yeah, yeah. it's not like a blank wall where everyone comes and draws because when we've tried that it just becomes kind of chaotic um, and I wanted there to be more of a focus and then um, also puts you in charge of the narrative as well, the yeah. images, which I think is quite important in that scenario. Yeah. I th- well, I think it's important if we acknowledge it as, a, as an art piece, yes. of which I'm the artist. Yeah. Because yeah, um, yeah. I think that's something that I wrestle with. And when we repeated it for you at Overhouse for something mm-hmm. other, then that kind of became, I remember like at one point scrubbing out a thing and being mm-hmm. like, is it free speech because I had the pens? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, that yeah, really yeah. coming up quite strongly. Yeah, yeah. But it's not, it's an, it's an art piece. It's yeah. an Emma Franklin art piece, so that's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the idea being to be like, <laughs> still feels shocking to be a visible trans person, you know, and to, like if you're a trans woman, well, I speak for myself, I am a trans woman. I'm always visible mm-hmm. um, mm. to greater and lesser extents mm. depending on where I am and so I feel like I recede and I yeah. come into focus but you know as I walk down the street so my walk here from the train station to Battersea Art Centre 
included um, being shouted at by someone um, who was saying, was I a man and I was putting mm. trousers on, mm. through to some uh, cis woman mm. saying I looked really great, which was also quite mm. invasive in mm. a way as yeah, yeah, she walked yeah. past me, yeah, yeah. through loads of like other little looks mm. and then also mm. lots of not being looked at yeah, and then yeah, someone yeah. in the shop who called me miss and someone in the shop yeah. who called me mate and yeah, you're yeah. like all of this in this within... 15 minutes, I'm not, exa- I'm not exaggerating any of that, and that's within fif- a 15 minute walk mm. on a day. And so that's the kind of the experience. But I feel like even 2014, I feel like today, in 2018, people are seeing me and they have a context for what they're seeing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And perhaps already a, a formed idea of whether or not they like that mm. or not. So that mm-hmm. the person who shouted at me has a preconception that they're not going to like someone who's yeah. trans. Yeah. The woman yeah. who gave me a compliment maybe has a preconception that she's, yeah. she's an ally and yeah. she's supporting. Yeah. Um, whereas four years ago, I sort of still feel that people were a bit like, well, what is this? Mm-hmm. And the, it wasn't quite so much on the tip of everyone's tongue Um, so part of that part of Doodle as an art piece was about being visible Mm -hmm. and being also the offer of being able to answer questions Mm -hmm. and wanting Mm -hmm. to I mean it's so funny because so much of what I do now is about not a debate not having a debate (laughs) not but to to make a a distinction between like it's never not wanting to have a respectful, informed yeah. conversation okay. that will change hearts and minds yeah. and learning yeah. on both sides yeah. and yeah. meeting in the middle and all of that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's just I'm not yeah. debating people who are just like yeah. abusive and want to yeah. say you don't exist. Yeah. 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 But, you know, so four years ago, before Not a Debate, it was like, I want, we'll come and... Yeah. I was yeah. feeling yeah. so generous yeah. Yeah. in yeah. terms of what I wanted to offer. I will put myself, I will be visible and I will answer your questions was kind of the context yeah, of the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. What do you remember of that? I remember that day. <laughs> so, well, there's two different things. Let's do them separately because they are they are really separate things. Um, which is interesting. Like, even though it's the same artist and it's the same artwork, the context was so different for for Doodle at Forest and mm. Doodle at the Dialogue Festival. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, let's do them. So. Forest, some particular things that I remember are that you um, you were also doing the Don Quixote show, I think. Was it that year? No, I no? think that was the other. Was that the other year? I was doing Tony and Mike. Tony I was doing Mike, the kids that's show. Right. Okay. What I'm trying to place in my mind is the fact that I was also having a conversation with Laura. Um, yeah. So, um, and one of the things that, so this, I might be misremembering this, one of the things that I really remember is, that, is you saying to me, queer people always ask me how I am, and straight people always ask me how Laura is. And I was like, oh wow, I bet I like, totally unconsciously went into the straight camp. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. I really remember, um, I don't think I actually had a conversation with you at the Doodle Wall. I think all the conversations that we had were away from the Doodle Wall, which again is a really weird thing and says quite a lot about me mm-hmm. as a participant in stuff. Um, I really remember talking to you about makeup. And again, I think that was that year. Um, 
Yeah, see, when I, like, you're just showing me the picture and I, I, I wouldn't be able to look at this and say, I remember talking about this with you at all. Um, and, it's, and it's so funny because it's loads of stuff that I think at the time I just wasn't thinking about and it's all... And it's all, and it all feels like so part of kind of how I'm trying to write and how I'm trying to talk with people now. Mm. Like gender essentialism, you know. Like I probably used the word essentialism zero times in my life before. That. <laughs> um, one of the things that I particularly remember that I really cherish is, is having a conversation about makeup, mm. which probably seems really um, um, insignificant and that's because makeup seems really frivolous mm. and it's not at mm. all you know like I notice women who wear red lipstick as armour and yeah. actually use that word about it yeah, and I'm yeah, like yeah. oh wow if I if I want to be someone who is not presenting myself as if going into yeah. battle all the time I certainly don't want to think about <coughs> hey, I certainly don't want to think <laughs> about red lipstick in that, that was a bus so going that, by yeah. It's always hard to know what's going to kick this one off. Um, You're not going to catch it, babe. And um, and I, what I think I remember us, it, what I remember talking about is is kind of the necessity of makeup for passing and, and mm. kind of talking about passing and having my own relationship with the word passing, which is which I would describe as totally one of appropriation mm. as kind of as someone of um, immigrant background mm-hmm. but with white skin. I, mm. I kind of very easily into a white middle class yeah. in a way that um, someone of immigrant background with much darker skin and even my brother yeah. kind of has faced more racism than I ever yeah, have yeah. you know um, so yeah the, the kind of yeah talking with you about the necessity of makeup yeah. and was and that about as well like you you like was it about not using makeup and making yeah, a, that, yeah, that being yeah. a thing that was making a stand where I'm and I was yeah, saying the, exactly, the other way around. Exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Like, kind of, and I guess what it's all to do with, again, is visibility and invisibility, mm. you know, like that, that description of your walk to BAC. Um, it's a really long time since anyone's commented on my appearance in the street. Mm. And, it, and I think it's because I've sort of spent many years kind of cultivating mm. invisibility, um, which in some ways is a total privilege. And in other ways... But it's it's also kind of, like, it's crazy because you're one of the people that I think of as having an incredible style and fashion um, sense and that you always dress, like, so... Like, you 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 know, you wear amazing dresses and you're always in dresses that are always really amazing. In fact, this morning I was like... I, I was. I, I thought, oh no, I'm seeing Maddie. I need to wear something that's like <laughs> looks really good. Um, so the fact that that's invisibility yeah, it's funny, isn't is it? yeah. so surprising yeah, because you're somebody who I recognise takes yeah. great care with what you yeah. wear. And yeah, you yeah. know. Yeah, it is. It's really weird. And yeah, definitely, kind of the thing with makeup. And I find I've found it really a lot with my daughter is kind of like not wanting to communicate that I have to wear makeup when Mm. I go out, that I like wearing makeup, that I find it's fun, Mm. but then also knowing that it draws attention to different kinds of attention to me, and so mostly I don't wear it. Um, Yeah, yeah, I just, it was a really nice conversation (laughs) about makeup that I don't usually have, you know, so um, yeah, I really remember that. 
Um, and not sure what other details that I remember. I remember, but I remember feeling like we were both coming at things from quite different places, and we were both really. Um, the, the phrase taking care is really interesting mm. because it, it, it kind of has buried inside of it an idea of caution mm. and it felt like a, a very incautious mm. and this one, this conversation now feels like that. I feel like I don't have to be cautious with you, mm-hmm. but I can talk about like Chimamanda yeah. uh, and the, the sort of argument around her and um, and uh, and I think it, it, it's uh, what we're, what the kind of care that we're taking mm. is is care for each other and, and it's about respect rather yeah. than caution and it's exactly what you were saying about the kind of not a debate um, like you know whoever wants to debate any I don't want to debate yeah. touching anything but I do want to have conversations with people yeah. there are definitely things about um, about your experience as a woman that are, that tell me something about mine mm. but also um, and I really had this reading Travis Alabanza's chapbook actually of remembering, because Travis is so much younger than me, you mm. know, really remembering myself as a teenager, kind of prior to mm. cultivating invisibility, you know, yeah. um, and really hating the attention that you get on the street mm. as a as a woman, and yeah. like, yeah, and so kind of talking. I really remember uh, like a totally different piece of work, but. Um, the writing that you did in the Riot Act room mm. in 2016 mm-hmm. was again around kind of how visible you are. Which ended on the up street. as a central part of Rituals for Change. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, and what was so fascinating to me about that was it was you were you you had walked into it as a woman, mm. and even if you have always been Emma. Yeah. The world has not seen you as Emma. Yeah, had yeah. not seen you as Emma before that day, and so, like, yeah, there was something about kind of what you walked into mm. the moment people could see Emma. Yeah. You know, and that, and I mean, what that tells me about womanhood is fucking depressing, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, uh, uh, and is also what tells me that that kind of. Um, this magic trick of invisibility is a privilege, you yeah. know, it's, it's something I am lucky to yeah, be able yeah. to say. Um, yeah. The other thing that I remember is that, um, is that, uh, that like, it was such a brilliant work mm. and, the, and the conversations were so brilliant that I wanted it to come to the Dialogue Festival. Yeah. And the whole thing about the Dialogue Festival was, um, was to try and create a space across a weekend um, in which people could have a lot of encounters with art and mm. always be participating rather than consuming. Yeah. Um, and dialogue, you know, like it's obvious in the, the name of what that was. Um, uh, it was. It was all about kind of like how can more people, how can art be a way of people mm. having conversations? How can theatre be a way of people having conversations? Yeah. And the one bit of the dialogue work that I still hold on to is the theatre club because I still really believe yeah. in theatre as, you know, the conversation does not stop when you walk yeah. out of the room and the work has kind of yeah, finished yeah. in inverted commas. 
like the, the conversation is also part of the work. Yeah. And as long as you're still having conversations that, that mm. relate to an experience that you had in that room, you know, doodle is a work for me that is will probably still be going on for the rest of my life, even mm. if I can't remember actually participating in it or actually kind of inspiring any of those words that yeah. ended up on the wall, you know. Um, so, yeah, really wanted it to come to the Dialogue Festival. Um, and some particular things I remember about that are that we had... Um, we paid uh, Lily Einhorn to do some outreach work on it, um, Lily's just amazing full stop. She's also the person who kind of got me started doing theatre clubs. Um, she's an amazing kind of community theatre worker. Mm. Um, she brought six people from the UK Lesbian and Gay Immigration Group. Yeah, I and that. I remember them really struggling with the, um, the long table uh, discussion that we programmed in the main room they really struggled with it in fact I think they might have left yeah. um, quite early on and I think I they think left and came out to my yeah to where I, I was. think they would have left Oval House altogether mm. if you hadn't been out there yeah. they kind of they encountered you and they could have a conversation that felt relevant to them yeah. that felt um, uh, accessible yeah. to them that you know that it, it wasn't people arguing over their heads mm -hmm. that it was something that they really genuinely could participate in and I think it helped them to stay and really yeah. kind of enrich their experience of the festival and that was really important. No, I totally remember that and I think that it's interesting we talk about debate and then dialogue yeah. and they feel like completely different things, yeah. you know, one yeah. thing, well, healthy dialogue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So yeah. one feels healthy in a no way that the other... There is no healthy debate, I'm no. sure of this. Um, and you know, something that I think is a success of that piece is that it, can, it really responds to the people that you're talking to. Yeah. And yeah. then it becomes exhausting yeah. as the performer of it, yeah. as the artist yeah. within it, because you, you fall into one like, oh great, we're having this conversation, and then two minutes later, oh, yeah. someone else is here yeah. and I've got to shift my thing now, yeah. and then, oh, I've got this person here. And but you have to be totally attentive all the time. You've really yeah. got to attend, yeah. as well as like half your brain being like, what am I writing up on this yeah, wall? Processing um, what's and yeah, going yeah, up there? Yeah, totally, yeah. But, um, but yeah, like a piece that can totally shift and be like, oh, okay, so you're here and like your English is not your first language, and what do you have to say? And it was really nice, actually, like doing the Dialogue Festival doodles, Dialogue Festival Doodles, because um, the focus of it wasn't trans no, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, it's been booked a few times by um, a college in Oxford, yeah. who um, Wadham, who are like the kind of the queer college, especially right. where if you're not, if you're anything other, you go to Wadham. Right, right. Um, and they have some great like kind of um, LGBT awareness week and stuff, and they they booked it, and then they booked me again for their mental health awareness mm -hmm. week, and there's something. Mm -hmm for me that's so successful of Doodle is that it began very much as like, um, like I say, this way to be a visible yeah, yeah, trans yeah, woman yeah. who can answer questions about yeah, trans yeah. things because that's what was coming up and then actually to be able to be a visible trans woman who yeah. can stand there and do things about mental um, health yeah, and it's not totally, about being trans and totally, find an invisibility yeah. with it actually. Yeah, so, so that's been a real joy. Yeah, yeah. Um, whereas I think the, you know, the one at Forest um, was still kind of... It, it was within the context of the Seattle Robot. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 um, yeah. I can't remember what the question we started with. 
was because we always try to start in with a question in forest. Yeah, I can't remember what it was for dialogue now either. Like, what was the? What did we ask you to do it on? I think the questions came quite late in the day. Was it like, what's the bloody point of art? <laughs> uh, yeah, it was something like that. I can't. I haven't got the photos of them here. Yeah. But um. Yeah, they were two different ones, but. I mean, I've got a little... Up here it says, is our destiny fixed at birth? But that mm. feels like a rubbish question. I can't believe, <laughs> I can't believe we would have started with yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I can't remember what you're, yeah. where you were on this. And that's part of, like, the end result of Doodle yeah, is always yeah, a bit misleading yeah. as well yeah, because yeah, yeah. it doesn't represent the conversation. It just represents yeah. kind of snippets yeah, yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, um, yeah. The other thing that was really important about you being at the Dialogue Festival, um, uh, which, which is totally a personal thing, is that my mum and dad were there because they were yeah. doing the catering. And, like, and I was right they, opposite and where you they were, were right catering. Opposite them, so they were watching you all day. Yeah. Um, they love watching people draw anyway, you know, yeah. they love art, but they don't really go to very much. And, um, and also they. Um, like they've never come to like forest mm. or something like that, you know. There's not really another scenario where they might have encountered you. Yeah. And um, and and so they were really that like it was really an education for them, mm. you know, kind of especially for my dad, who kind of is very old fashioned Cypriot bloke, yeah. you know, kind of um, has has all the, the kind of um, inherited sort of patriarchal homophobia mm. of that culture um, and uh, and it, it you know it's kind of the thing about those attitudes is that they're you know like you were saying before about sort of the general versus the specific mm. kind of like actually standing having a conversation with you of course he's not a homophobic man yeah. do you know what I mean of course he's not queerphobic of course mm. he's not transphobic but um but nonetheless, I would date a uh, shift yeah. them to that doodle experience. Wow. And what's happened since is that um, my uh, nephew, who's assigned female at birth, mm. is uh, beginning his own journey okay. of transition. That started three and a half years, three years ago, wow. something like that, three and a half years ago. Um, and so meeting you was really crucial for that because... Yeah there's another human being where they can go, oh yeah, this isn't the end of the yeah. world, this is, this, is, this is just our grandson yeah. and everything's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it, because of the conversation that we've had, mm. um, you, I, I kind of, I've read people that you've told me about that mm. I could then pass on to my mm. mum, which has helped her further. Yeah. You know, my mum's now built her own kind of Twitter feed yeah. around following mostly the parents of trans children and yeah. trans grandchildren. It's made yeah, yeah. a massive, massive difference to her. My mum's done the same thing. You know, she's found community online of parents of trans yeah. people, and it's like yeah. you know, when I was building my community of trans yeah, people, yeah, you don't yeah. think that that's what no. you know. Yeah, that, yeah. That's also out there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I think like in terms of this body of work, now she's a robot. Like I, this thing I said loads about the duty of care of an artist yeah. and what is that and yeah. part of that for me is just being honest yeah. and, and yeah. being seen and this thing that yeah. comes out of Rituals yeah. for Change about the radical act is to allow ourselves to be seen yeah, yeah, yeah. 
whilst at the same time allowing ourselves to heal. And I do think that's not the job of every trans person. I don't think that that should come with the territory um, or every person who's othered. But I kind of like that it's the job of the artist, of the performance artist. You know, not necessarily yeah. of the visual artist or the writer, yeah. but you know, part of what we do is we put ourselves yeah. Yeah. in front of people, yeah. Um, yeah. and so, and the reason, you know, it's so simplistic, but like part of the the reason of that is to allow people to have a dialogue yeah. or to change yeah. or to yeah. see. And yeah. I feel like I've been the, f- the first trans person a lot of people have for met a lot of people, for yeah, a lot yeah, of people, yeah, 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 yeah. and actually. Yeah. Yeah have had a lot of conversations yeah, where, like you, yeah. s- you saying, you know, this, this um, what did you say before about the way that we talked was, it was, there was care, care yeah, in it. Yeah, taking care. Um, and I think, again, it's not, I don't think that I allow people to sort of, I don't tolerate views that I disagree with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I'm quite, um, like, able to, to have, that conversation mm. like like you say calmly and with yeah, care yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. and I've done that with a lot of people over yeah, the last yeah. few over the last few years and I yeah. do kind of feel like that's part of the part of the job and I like that the, that the work can speak in both directions yeah, I do yeah. feel that the that like hearty which is still like mm. not quite you know it's still yeah, being yeah, finished and being yeah, shaped yeah. is a spikier piece in yeah. general but that's, yeah. that's because of I think I feel a bit spikier yeah, yeah, now yeah. and a bit, well, not a bit more. I feel I feel under attack in a way yeah. that I didn't feel under attack in 2014. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. And so that's changed the nature yeah. of things. But certainly yeah. back in back with Doodle, it was very yeah. much about being there for people. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's just good going back and rem- remembering that forest fringe mm. and so yeah so you said you were having a conversation with Laura as well so Laura's m- my ex-partner I know, yeah I now wonder if that was the following year though if that was I think it, I no I, I, I'm sure it was around that time because we were up with Joey yeah, yeah, in yeah. Edinburgh we were performing yeah. together yeah. the kids show yeah. we had Joey there and then yeah. I was also doing Ghostbusters the musical yeah, yeah, yeah. and then also coming to forest fringe and doing no, the, the transfer conversation with, the conversation with with um, Laura was definitely around Don Quixote. So that would have been because before. You, yeah, because before. you were you were dressing differently. When was mm. Don Quixote? Was that thirteen? Don Quixote at Edinburgh yeah. was British Council year. So what are they? Odds or evens? I don't know. They're odds because it's yeah. next year. So 2013. This is so theatre geek, oh like citing things around yeah, what was no, a British Council no, year. So, so that funny. was 2013. Okay, alright. Um, I'm just trying to rem- remember if Laura was up for it though, or not. Um, and Joey was born in 2012. Yeah. And Joey was born. Joey, my son, was born yeah. during the first week of rehearsals <laughs> on None of Us Is Yet a Robot stuff on the yeah, Thursday yeah, yeah. of that first week. Okay, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, maybe I was already in conversation with Laura. Maybe that was all the years mm. before. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. 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 And it was all like, I mean, that's the thing that's hard to remember is yeah. how much actual change in terms of changing my name, yeah. in terms yeah, totally. of like, you know, yeah. and I, yeah. I, dra- I changed how I dressed yeah, totally. very yeah. gradually actually yeah. and like all these things, like I said, well, I'm writing yeah. on my timeline and I'm like, yeah, oh my god, yeah, there, was yeah. a, there was a point where I wore my belt the other way around 
and that felt huge yeah, yeah, and yeah, significant yeah, yeah. and also yeah. kind of felt like what I was allowed yeah, yeah. to be doing. Yeah. Um, so it was, you know, that there, there was there were other factors at play in terms of why it was so like gradual. I'm just sitting but here thinking I've never worn a belt, so you've just blown my mind again. <laughs> <laughs> like, but really, belts do oh, okay. No, of course, belts do that. Well, yeah. and and men <laughs> buckle one way and yeah, women buckle yeah, another never, way according to fashion. I you know, never, I never changing my shirts and things like that. And um, yeah, totally. But all yeah, that felt significant, yeah. and I remember yeah. like that doodle, that day of the doodle at Forest Fringe, yeah, yeah. was the day I. I feel really exposing talking about this stuff, but yeah. it's within context. But it was the day I got my first bra. Right. And okay. I was wearing these like dungarees that I'd chosen, yeah, yeah. I and the tights, yeah. and then I just had this thing of like I feel really. I think my t-shirt was a bit see-through or something, yeah, and I suddenly yeah, felt yeah. really like aware of it. Yeah. And Abby, um, who's been the producer of None of Shit yeah. a Robot and the collaborator on None of Shit a Robot, was awesome. It was just like, okay, and went out and bought me like, bought me a bra, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. like a thing, and yeah, that yeah. was really huge because mm-hmm. you know I, I like I think a lot of women and girls, you yeah, know, you yeah, want to yeah. start wearing a bra before yeah, you need yeah. to wear yeah, a bra, yeah, yeah. and now yeah, when yeah, I do yeah. need to, when well, I really need to, because I have quite small breasts but like now when like sometimes I need to actually now I choose not to but it's a choice not to but at that point it was a real mark so all of these things and it feels like how can that only be four years ago again like this is not a doodle this is not a doodle conversation that we had but a conversation I remember from Riot had about kind of how mushy Mm. time is for you Mm. because you're taking hormones that cis women often take in sort of hormone replacement mm. therapy, but in taking them, you're, encamp- you're kind of encountering puberty. Yeah. Or kind of, you know, like a lot of the experiences I would have had when I was 14 and yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. sort of thing. Uh, and so, yeah, there's like, but I also, you know, like I kind of, I, I probably quote this at least once a quarter, and I seem to quoted it three times just in the past two weeks <laughs> but there's a bit of writing by John Berger in And Our Faces as uh, My Heart Reef of Photos where he talks about there's a time of consciousness mm. um, and that's circular mm-hmm. uh, and there's a time of the body and that's linear mm. like you know your body is born your body ages mm. and your body dies but consciousness loops and loops and mm. loops and when there's a sort of time pre-capitalism when those two things were held together that like the wheel of consciousness kind Mm. of ground on the on the linearity Mm -hmm. of the body and and it just meant that kind of death was less uh and a less of a force mm. because uh, there was always a sense of renewal and continuity. Like mm-hmm. death was a, death was opening a door to for a renewal and a rebirth and a continuity. And the time of capitalism kind of erases mm. that that circular yeah. time of consciousness. And you know, and so all I, yeah, like this is what you're describing is already a gift to me because it's like it brings back mm. that that notion of, of time as, as kind of being circular as well as linear yeah. and everything being well, although I feel like the circle I feel like it's kind of here and then here yeah, and like yeah, it's, yeah. Mu- it's, it's actually a great big squiggly it's a yeah, really big yeah, squiggle yeah 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 and you know I think I 
wrote in Hearty, but I mean, for me, you know, I'm, I'm 39, I shouldn't be experiencing menopause or nah, puberty, yeah, and yeah. I've had both, yeah, like, in the yeah, last couple of years, because yeah, yeah, of the, yeah. the response to hormones, yeah, and what yeah. my body's done, and this thing, yeah, and so you're yeah. in this crazy, like, I'm in my middle life, yeah, and I'm yeah. taking these experiences from different, like, that are not that is not usual yeah, but this is the yeah. kind of thing for any medicalized body really yeah. there's so many reasons yeah. Yeah. why this expected timeline of well you're yeah. this and then yeah. this happens and then this yeah. happens yeah. um and again it's just like we live in a society that has no narrative no. for anything other no. than no. than actually something that yeah. you begin to suspect maybe yeah. affects a very small amount of people but who also live it has no narrative that explains the reality of mm. female experience. You know, there's like there's this notion of when the you know when menopause is supposed to happen mm. and when and actually like there are way too many outliers for there to be mm. anything any kind of normality. You know, there's like the lack of education about bodies. Yeah. Um, and this you know this affects cis women. It's, it affects trans women, mm. it affects transmasculine people, like mm. it's just like the ways in which trans men are kind of, you know, they, they're kind of experienced, experiencing the same things as cis mm. women, but there is no language mm. around, around supporting their yeah. experiences with their bodies, but that's partly because there's no language around supporting cis women with their bodies, yeah. and it's just like, how the fuck have we, you know, we've had medicine for how many centuries? Yeah, yeah. And there's there's still no real language yeah. around around the bodies? No, this is not okay. I did a, um, I had a small grant from King's last year, and part of that was to collaborate with someone from, from there. Yeah. And uh, they paired me up with uh, Professor Myra Hunter, whose right. um, li- lifetime of work has been looking at, um, menopause yeah, and she's yeah, around it yeah. she's amazing yeah, she was just around yeah. the corner here we used uh, to meet, yeah. in, meet at BAC yeah. she's amazing and with her and her like she had a PhD assistant yeah. um, who together we put together a study into the effects of menopause on trans women yeah. or trans women's perception of it or something yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just been published actually that yeah, piece of work yeah, like yeah. My, my Twitter a couple of days ago yeah, um, yeah. Yeah blew up because that's just gone out and it's just there's nothing there's nothing out there around it and so you go well here's this huge body of this huge like group of women there's this like there's this huge kind of life experience and no one is questioning it at all or what might it be or should there be something or or is it just nothing or like whatever and so we're all just like running on you know complete um into the complete unknown yeah. but as you say that's not about trans women that's also no. about cis yeah, women yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah, and the other thing yeah. she's looking at is menopause and like in the workplace but everyone expected to work longer yeah, and yeah. you know like yeah, it's really yeah, fascinating yeah. she's an amazing yeah, yeah. amazing woman yeah. but do you know like having that conversation being able to have a conversation with her yeah. and to sit here and for her to be getting really excited mm-hmm. about the mm-hmm. conversation i feel like that's something that i wouldn't have felt possible back in 2014 no, yeah, or maybe like even as for yeah, myself like yeah, would have yeah. seen it as a question yeah, but yeah, yeah. um i guess there's something so kind of entrenched in like the the hormone technologies that i yeah. use that connect so much with 
a cis woman's yeah. later life menopause treatment or whatever that it feels that you've got to look at it because it's <laughs> we use the same yeah. same stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I've gone a bit off track. No, I think no, but it is it is interesting that that like none of none of that was in our conversation in 2014. No, you know none of it. Um, and so there's there's something really useful about the the kind of like the unfolding yeah. like you know every every sort of bit of conversation opens up a new area that needs conversation and i guess that um, came from you know like in so in 2015 i did rituals for change mm. and rituals for change a lot of um, cisgender women who'd experienced menopause resonated with that show because of the way that i spoke about hormone treatment yeah, yeah, particularly yeah, and aging yeah, yeah, and yeah. so there were a lot of and then and I was like wow this is really surprising because yeah, here's yeah. this demographic of women who are supposed to be this trans exclusionary radical feminist yeah, second yeah, wave yeah, feminist yeah, yeah. like anti-trans women yeah, who are really yeah. resonating with what yeah, I've said yeah, 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 yeah. maybe there's like a point of healing here and that's why I got into the conversation with Myra and yeah, 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 you know yeah. Myra was great but then it just blew up yeah, and I felt yeah. like that that demographic I'm not on Twitter at the moment, just so got so yeah, yeah, oh well I mean that, I don't mean that kind of blowing right, up but okay, I mean just the yeah. general like actually the kind of Jermaine Greer right, turf kind yeah, of yeah, outrage yeah, thing yeah, yeah. just got so vile that yeah, actually yeah. I was like do you know what I don't want to be making a bridge no, to you anymore yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit here and when yeah. you generic you for yeah, 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 trans exclusionary yeah, yeah. Um, I mean we need to stop calling them feminists because they're not but yeah. Um, yeah. for that demographic of people mm-hmm. that I really felt like actually I want to it's what Harty started out as yeah, and then changed because yeah. I was yeah. like I don't need to go to yeah. you yeah. you need to come to me and yeah. I'm here whenever you want to come yeah. here but I'm yeah. not going to like run to you anymore because yeah. it just felt so um, violent when I've been having these great yeah. great connections yeah. with women of a very similar experience yeah. actually with yeah older white yeah, second wave yeah, feminists yeah, yeah. you're like well how yeah. can they understand yeah, yeah, yeah. and then we're getting this absolute hatred I found yeah. myself on websites yeah. that they've put together mm. it's like it's next level unpleasant yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. scary yeah. I mean again another another piece of work that I've not been doing is I've not been engaging mm. in side of the debate Um, I you know I haven't I haven't been engaging in kind of debate conversation Um, when when there's there are a couple of things that I've looked at recently though one I haven't finished reading um, and one I I probably gave more cursory read of it than I ought to have before talking about it but um, Sarah Dighton, 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 mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, one is a really long piece by her about her um, her kind of experience and changing attitudes and blah 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 over the over probably I think exactly the same time span that mm-hmm. we're talking about. And the other one is some writing that she did about the show Butterfly. What I find interesting, unnerving and I don't really know what to do with it in my head, is that I sometimes feel like Sarah and I are saying the same thing, but from polar sides. I really felt this reading about Butterfly, that we're both saying children shouldn't have gender forced on them, Mm -hmm. and 
if they didn't have, you know, if, if kind of childhoods was less gendered, then, then children would struggle less with puberty and growing up. It's just that she concludes from that that trans narratives are dangerous yeah. and children are being harmed. And I conclude from that that capitalism is dangerous and children are being harmed. Yeah. Um, but it's fucking great that, that kids have got different ways of rejecting yeah. gender, but not just reject, like, and obviously I kind of say this from uh, my sense of my nephew's experience, is mm. that it's been a really healthy and positive thing for yeah. him to be able to transition within the limits of, it, of what's possible mm. to do as a, teen, as a young mm-hmm. teenager, you know? Um, and I think Sarah doesn't see that as a positive yeah. thing. She sees that as really retrogressive. And I, I, I sort of, my head sort of can't cope with that, with the contract. I'm just like, mm. how are we saying the same thing and mm. yet so profoundly not? So I'm a bit, I'm really confused. I think it's really hard at the moment. Yeah. And part of what's hard about that and part of why, I don't talk about us and them, but it's like, no, it's just yeah, easier, no, isn't it? Yeah, part yeah. of why they are gaining huge traction is because it all sounds very plausible and reasonable and it's actually really sometimes it's really hard to like hold on to why why at the heart of all that is erasure of a whole load of people's experience and you know and and I think because they're using good language and they're very eloquent and they also get they're really well supported so they get their words out loads places I've read loads of kind of um anti-trans stuff that I think like oh am I you know am I being anti-feminist yeah, by yeah, by yeah, existing yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. there's like loads of narr- ways you can spin a narrative to mm. say that and then mm. at the end of the day it's like well and that's what I used to beat myself up about well yeah, why can't yeah, if I believe yeah. that a woman can look how she wants yeah, yeah, then yeah. isn't it anti-feminist to say I don't yeah. want to have a beard or isn't it yeah, anti-feminist yeah, to say yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know that I need to wear makeup or any yeah, of those things yeah, yeah. rather than saying rather than just being able to allow yourself to to exist yeah, totally. yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, because we're not saying the same thing yeah. of cis women yeah, yeah, and we're not yeah. holding them up to the same ideals and I mean it's yeah it's really insidious I think because un- at the bottom of it we have to remember that the bottom of it is absolute hate speech and yeah. and like irrational irrational hate and irrational fear and and it, and the the people who are harmed the people who are harmed are only the the trans people and the people who are excluded yeah. and not the trans people like me who have support and yeah. are articulate and live in major urban centers but yeah. the ones who are not yeah. um but i think yeah. there's a, you know there's a couple of things in there as well it's like Not all trans experiences are the same, not all trans mm. women are the same, you know, yeah. like, and it's a really obvious thing to say, but kind of, it, it, it's so easy to either actually say, or sound like you're saying, mm. that, um, to, to speak, it's, it's the word essential again, you mm. know, to speak with, with a kind of essentialism, but also, like, that, that thing about erasure is it's not, 
how divide, patriarchal divide and conquer. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and we're also like ingrained patriarchal yeah. divide and conquer. You know that 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 this woman has absorbed yeah. over time because it's what you've grown up with. And it's so exhausting because yeah. you're trying to just like you're just trying to get together yeah. on the same page to actually address yeah. the larger issues. This has reminded me of something, actually something else that was really important from those doodle conversations. And I do, I remember having the, the same conversation with you and with my mum actually, mm. that the whole of my growing up, my mum would say that she should have been born a man because mm. as a man she would be able to do the things she had wanted to do in life. Um, she, you know, she would, she would just have the authority to do mm. them, the confidence to do them, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so, like, it was the same question for you and, and for her, like, what is the difference yeah. between that and the, the desire to transition or, yeah. you know, or the, the sort of understanding of yourself as not the... the the gender that you was assigned mm. to at birth, or you know, and like, and I, and kind yeah. of like, I'm not asking that as a question anymore. Like yeah, yeah. I have a much better understanding of it now. But it, but there is, you know, what what my mum was talking about was was struggling to mm. be a woman yeah. under a cis woman under patriarchy, yeah. you know, but but also a woman. And I've experienced but so also much a human being. I've know? experienced so much from people like um, from cis women who found it difficult is because because exactly of that because yeah. part of it isn't necessarily about not seeing it as true or whatever it's just yeah, like yeah. hang on you were given you were given the status yeah. of man <laughs> yeah, how yeah, dare yeah, you yeah, give yeah, how yeah, dare yeah. you give that up yeah, like and not even seeing that as solidarity if you kind of totally just like absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're wasting this yeah. opportunity <laughs> how dare you and yeah, then that's yeah, really yeah. and that that's really hard as well to get yeah, yeah, to get yeah. past because then you yeah, think yeah, like yeah. shit or oh, maybe yeah. I I have rather than just being like well it's just yeah, 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 yeah. but it's not yeah, who I ever yeah. it's not no, who I ever not, was yeah and, exactly exactly and it's yeah, not possible yeah 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 um. I feel like we've got to, we've got to stop because we've both got to go. Um, and childcare is <laughs> is upon us. As Hop Hop Brown Money say, the revolution will not happen without childcare. They are oh, right. Yeah. They are absolutely right. Um, and you know, I do appreciate actually the conversations that we've had about um, all kinds of things, but also you know, uh, of being another working parent and parent who yeah, make, yeah. makes it work and all of those things and it's just blows my mind when that kind of invisibility of mm. parenting is thro- you know it's thrown at trans people yeah, or whatever yeah, and yeah, wasn't that yeah. I mean there's people who've been denied their gender recognition yeah. trans women who've been denied their gender recognition certificate because they expressed a desire to become parents yeah. and that was yeah, seen yeah, as to yeah. undermine True, their yeah, but you know yeah, it's yeah. crazy yeah. Um, but yeah that's the reality and yeah. Thank you for the conversation. Um, what are you, t- in terms of like a podcast kind of wrap up? And it's November 2018, <laughs> yeah, and this will be out in spring. Yeah, what are you looking gosh. forward to in like six months' time, oh, which is wow. when this will be kind of coming out? Um, um, I probably do actually have an answer to that. <laughs> um, yeah, it is that uh, I've been I, so in the past this is such a like selfish answer but in the past three years I've been asked to work as a dramaturg on on three different shows 
past four years actually. One of them was um, I basically asked to do it, and it was Harry Josephine Giles that mm. was on um, Class Act for the Dialogue Festival. Right. Um, and then, like having had those three experiences in in kind of three and a half years, suddenly I'm working on two things simultaneously as dramaturg. That's my job title. Awesome. Um, one of them is. Um, uh, a show called Idol by Jamal Gerald that will be on in, in April um, and the other one is called The Baby Question by Paula Barjack she's making it with Luca Rutherford and Katrina James um, uh-huh. and, uh, and, it, like, and it's really pertinent to this, question, to this conversation mm. because it's trying to look at that kind of expectation that, that cis women have to face around like are you going to have children? When are you going to mm. have children? When you have children, how are you going to cope with having children? Who's going to do the childcare? Mm. Is it going to be okay for you to work as well? Mm. Are you sure it's going to be okay for you to work? Like all of those things, like kind of, it's called the baby question because yeah. it's not just one question, you know, it's like there are hundreds of questions. Um, almost none of which cis men ever get asked. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and the assumption is that trans people are rejecting it mm-hmm. altogether by transitioning. Yeah. Uh, you know, like loads of really false ideas yeah. Uh, around. So yeah, I'm working oh on that great. show and that will be on in the summer next year. Um, awesome. But I think there'll be a little showing in about six months time as well. So yeah. Cool. One of the best things I do every year is the gendered intelligence. Have a, a thing where I go and talk to their young yeah, people yeah, about yeah, being yeah. a parent. Yeah, and they they bring together other queer parents. Yeah, I've met like yeah. loads of not just trans, like kind of cis gay parents and yeah, things. Yeah, and yeah. it's just always so nice to see these teen young people, teenagers generally, yeah, yeah. realize yeah, that yeah. they can be parents. Yeah, 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 and yeah, that's yeah. just so huge because yeah, of how yeah, like invisible yeah. that narrative is. Yeah. It's one of my favorite it's things really, to do. It's a really difficult double thing because I feel like it's also really important for kids to realise they don't have to be parents, yeah. you know? Like that that whole narrative of your life is meaningless unless you yeah, have yeah. children, that, that kind of necessity of continuing your genes, like yeah, yeah. oh my god, patriarchal capitalism yeah, yeah, yeah. is most pernicious, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, just so yeah, it's like both things all at once. Just being yeah. I mean, and maybe that's like the kind of the overwhelming theme of everything is just permission to be the you that you are. Yeah, but like the good side of individualism. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. Look, the lights stayed on. Yay! <laughs>so thank you so much for listening uh, thank you to Maddie Costa for being my guest and to Disparition for the new music um, you can find more of Maddie's fantastic writing and thoughts uh, at, if you follow her at Maddie Delicate um, on Twitter and in the usual places uh, I'm afraid that the show um, that she was talking about with Jamal uh, Gerald Idol has just happened, like it was on last week, but uh, I do hope and uh, I'm totally sure that it will um, be on again somewhere, so keep your eyes open for that. Um, you can find more of Disparition's music at disparition.info and through a number of the wonderful Night Vale Presents podcasts, and my book, and None of This Is Yet a Robot, Five Performances on Gender Identity and Politics of Transition, comes out on June 25th, but you can pre-order it at oberonbooks.com, and I am going to go and visit the books on Friday. They arrived in the office today, so I'm 
almost, almost have my hands on an actual copy. Um, we're also having a launch party on June the 25th uh, with, with amazing uh, performances from trans artists like Morgan M. Page, Binary, Sabira Wahogo and Noah Carvajal, and tickets are free. You can book at Eventbrite, and that will definitely be the fastest way to get your hands on a copy. Um, I should think, with a discount as well. Uh, finally, a lot of the work that I make I do for free, and although I do sometimes receive funding, more often than not, I don't. And to this end, I have finally set up a Patreon account. Uh, Patreon is a great way to support independent artists that keep making the work that we make, and you can find mine at www.patreon.com forward slash Emma Franklin. And should you be able to or inclined to, then you can support my work with a monthly donation that will enable me to keep doing the work that I do that is difficult to fund working with trans people uh, in the UK and around the world, writing, performing, and, of course, recording podcasts. And I promise there will be a season three (laughs) where I hopefully talk less about myself. In the meantime, uh, stay safe. Do tune in next week for another installment of None of Us Is Yet a Robot, the podcast. <laughs>